Hello, everyone. Oh, my gosh. We have got with us today Cheryl Dorsey. She's the president of Echoing Green. She's a true pioneer in social entrepreneurship, which you'd never guess from her being 18 years old. But she's an amazing individual. We're going to learn so much today, so stick around. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Devin, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be uh, a part of this great conversation to come. Well, uh, the, the honor, honor is all ours. We thank you for making time. You've been at this for a while. Uh, is it almost three decades now since you've been at Echoing Green? Uh, my relationship with Echoing Green, right, is approaching the three decade mark. Um, in 1991, I was a young graduate student working on the issue of racial health disparities in inner city Boston, more specifically, um, the disproportionate uh, rate of um, black babies dying in inner city Boston relative to white babies um, in the city and started a nonprofit organization and learned about a newfangled fellowship program called Echoing Green and was selected as a fellow in the spring of 1992. Um, uh, Echoing Green helped me launch the Family Van, a community-based organization still in operation today in Boston and a number of neighborhoods. And uh, the Echoing Green Fellowship experience changed my life profoundly. Um, and I've been a proud alum ever since I was granted the fellowship, um, joined the board of Echoing Green in the late 90s and have been staffed since uh, 2001, 2002. Fantastic. Well, you, so you've been there about 15 years as staff, uh, uh, 16 years. It's great to have you here on the show today. Uh, what difference did the Echoing Green grant or funding make in your startup social venture at the time? Devin, that's a, a great question. You know, we, we are both observers and sort of particip participants in this wonderful moment of um, entrepreneurial ecosystem building. And as you mentioned, and I appreciate you giving the shout out to Echoing Green, but it really was a true pioneer in the space of social entrepreneurship. And we are um, fiercely proud of being a fellowship program, meaning that we will always back the leader, the human capital. Um, but, you know, like all good um, investors, um, whether they're fellowship programs, incubators, accelerators, um, you start to think about the supports that you provide um, to those in whom you invest. And I think, you know, personally, Echoing Green um, made a tremendous amount of difference. Number one, the cachet and the imprimatur of receiving the accolade, whatever fellowship it is, um, uh, made a difference and a signal to the world that you were um, an up-and-coming leader worth paying attention to. So that was the first thing. Um, and especially at the early days of the social innovation movement, where there was no pedigree, um, cachet, or social capital that came along with that terminology. It really didn't even exist back in the early 90s. That made a difference. Um, the support of people who had been there, done that, 
um, providing you with um, the do's and don'ts of launching an enterprise um, and helping you fail fast in many ways, but also um, providing wisdom and pearls of wisdom that they had um, learned before you. Um, being a part of a larger network, the entrepreneurial journey is a tremendously lonely and hard one. So feeling a little less alone um, made a world of difference. Um, and just the belief that you are part of something bigger and larger, um, which I think all social change agents um, who are part of larger social movements want to feel something beyond themselves. Um, and that's what Echoing Green has provided to folks like me um, for the past 30 years. Well, uh, it is a powerful program. I um, recently interviewed Rob Gitten with uh, At the Crossroads, and I, I know you've you've funded uh, nearly 800 fellows now, so you may not remember Rob, but I know from his experience that he said it was uh, it was the central, it was the trigger, it was the decision. But for the Echoing Green grant his program would not exist today. It's that important. And I think that's a, a, a powerful endorsement of the, the work that you do. H how do you choose these remarkable fellows that you back? Yes, um, the, uh, and I, what a wonderful example that you bring up Rob Gittin. He is an extraordinary social entrepreneur, but also such an incredibly important part of the Equine Green Network, which is, um, really the heart and soul of Echoing Green, the network, the family that we've built. And as sad as I will be to end our interview in just a little bit, Devin, I will be heading to dinner with Rob Gittin in about 30 minutes. So <laughs> it comes full circle. So thank you for acknowledging him. And I'm proud that he is such an important member of the Echoing Green family all these years later. So I will give him your regards. Um, so how do we select folks like Rob and the um, other 800 or so folks that are part of our network. As I mentioned, we really do believe that the leader um, is the secret sauce of any great social enterprise, of any great social uh, impact organization. And um, over the years of being good practitioners, even though we fund um, in you know, many countries around the world um, working on an array of different issues, what doesn't change are sort of the core characteristics that we think are um, critical um, to, um, to drive social change at scale. Um, and we've sort of uh, developed some pattern recognition at looking at thousands and thousands of applicants and then hundreds and hundreds of equine grade social entrepreneurs. So an array of characteristics that really sort of bucket into four areas. Uh, one is um, the passion the passion quotient. You know, if you can sit across the table and ask this person, why do you do what you do? And the answer literally jumps, you know, off the page or across the table from you. And you can, it, it's almost palpable. You almost could feel um, the heat in the room as the person is talking about the work and why they cannot not do the work. Um, and when you're having your worst day, sometimes the passion and the commitment to the issue is all you have. And honestly, it is enough. Um, at least at the beginning stages. So passion and purpose, that's huge. Secondly, we talk about um, uh, just sort of the, the potential for transformative change. Um, there are lots of different um, leadership um, approaches. We're looking for a particular type of social tra uh, change leader, tran transformational leader, um, someone who is disrupting for good, who has a, a, a fundamentally new way of thinking about a problem in the field, 
that will provide more opportunity and provide a more equitable space for all of us. It's a particular time, type of transformational leader. And it's the way they talk about the issue, the way they've identified the structural barriers in their movements, in their fields, and a, a clear analysis of how to um, implode um, destroy those barriers. It, it's, it's, you can see it. You, they understand the root cause analysis. We also talk about um, the stickiness of the leader. We have a, a term that we call resource magnetism. It is different than charisma or how we typically think about charisma, but it's the ability of the leader to mobilize others, other people, other resources, um, cash, um, volunteers, media attention, um, making um, others evangelists for your cause. Um, so those are a few of the qualities, but you know, it's kind of, you know it what when you see it. And a number of years ago, we stopped defaulting to that very pithy phrase of we know it when we see it and started to codify some of these qualities and characteristics I've just shared with you, Devin. Well, I appreciate you sharing those with me. I know everyone who's interested in a, in uh, becoming an Echoing Green Fellow will be interested to review your remarks on this. Um, you know, I'm sure it's been something of a joy to get to know some of these people and see their work. What What's a highlight for you of what you've seen one of your fellows do and accomplish after receiving the the, the fellowship recognition from Echo and Green? Oh, that's so uh, difficult. Um, you know, I uh, have been a part of this community for over 25 years now because um, this community of leaders provides uh, the deepest well of joy and inspiration and hope and it, it never ends. It comes at you every single day. And, you know, number one, um, and you see it with most of our fellows where once they have um, the privilege of becoming part of the Echoing Green community, they take the commitment to this community so seriously. So it's the way that fellows rally around one another um, in the bad times. Um, and there are a lot of bad days when you're an entrepreneur trying to do good work. Um, there are a lot of bad and hard days when you're um, atop um, social movements that are trying to speak truth to power around the world. Um, so um, as the kids say, the ride or die quality of being a part of this community and you have got um, a built-in support network for life. Um, you see that um, Echoing Green has a penchant and a proclivity for finding um, those who see tomorrow today. So it often takes the world a long time to catch up with where they are and they are often marginalized, disparaged, um, denigrated because they're just ahead of the rest of us. Um, and to see the courage um, and power and commitment to forge ahead, even though you feel very alone and know that you may not be there when the rest of the world catches up, I think is courageous and heartening and interesting. Um, I also um, believe that social change requires you to bring others along um, across difference. Um, and the way that our fellows um, beautifully think about alliance building in really amazing ways. Um, and again, I've been careful not to name individual fellows because um, um, I think it's these are qualities that we see across this network. But you know, I was reminded a couple of years ago during a very tense election season, um, one of our alums, Van Jones, who by you know a name that most of us know now. 
um, as a public intellectual um, on CNN, um, who was um, talking to communities in parts of the country, um, you know, where you would think that he and the person with whom he was speaking had nothing in common, but the way that Van spoke to people um, with whom he profoundly disagreed and they with him, um, but to find the ability to talk across difference um, is actually exquisite and really powerful. And it is the, the formula to crack um, and the code to crack um, for us to ever actually get to a point where we're um, able to solve our problems at scale and bring all of us together around those solutions. I want to put you, well, that was great. Thank you, uh, Cheryl. This is uh, really incredible work. Um, you had an opportunity to make a difference in so many ways. What are you most proud of having accomplished? Oh, dear. Um, that's a tough question, Devin. I do think the work is never done. And, you know, it's so funny that, and it's such a privilege to work with next generation leaders, um, young leaders. Um, and, you know, the longer I'm at it, um, the, I'm increasingly the oldest person in the room and I'm, I'm dazzled by young talent, next generation talent. Um, they are smarter than I am. They see the world in new and different and smarter and more interesting ways than I do. So every day is, is a wonderful opportunity to learn more and do more. And I have to tell you, the older I get, the less I realize I know. Um, so I, I still, my job is a, is a professional development opportunity and a learning journey every single day. Um, but I will say that I am really super proud of you know my temporary stewardship of this incredible network, you know this, the field of social innovation um, was so brand new um, 31 years ago when Equine Green was founded. You had sort of the two you know fathers of the field uh, with Bill from Ashoka and Ed from New Ventures who were looking at um, investing in social entrepreneurs or helping nonprofits become more sustainable. And I know they must look at pride across the landscape of how social innovation has exploded. Um, but still to this day, I am particularly proud of Echoing Green um, being rigorous and relentless in its, in its um, commitment to driving social innovation at the intersection of social justice. And we think that nexus, and I still deeply believe it, is where the hope of social entrepreneurship truly lies. And there's something about the head and the heart, um, the, moral, um, the moral nature of these efforts that really matter. And, you know, uh, even if social entrepreneurship um, takes on the patina of Silicon Valley, Echoing Green thinks that's fine. That's all part of this equation. Um, but never use losing our justice nerve is something I'm, I'm very proud of. What is the most important lesson you've learned? Oh, my goodness. Um, Oh, there are so many lessons. Um, you know, this is a dynamic, interesting environment and failure is always um, a part of the work that we do. And especially when you're working with um, those engaged in social movements and those um, who are um, starting new enterprises. So um, I would say one of the most important lessons I've learned is not to let failure uh, destroy me or paralyze me. Um, and I think um, many of us, um, many women, many people of color, um, 
take very personally failure. It means that we are less than, as opposed to this thing I did didn't work. And it can be, again, paralyzing and demoralizing and diminishing in really dangerous and damaging ways uh, to those of us. But I've now been at this work long enough and have seen people fail, but rise from the ashes and go on to do incredible things um, and be open and vulnerable enough to say, what was the lesson I was to learn here and how am I going to turn that in um, to my backpack as I ascend the next hill of this journey, the next um, a hill to climb. And it's there's something very powerful in it um, where you begin to let go and think that your failures nor your successes define you, but they can make you smarter and better. And that's part of the journey. So I'd say that's one thing that I've learned. I uh, really appreciate you sharing. I, I want to get at the kernel of all of this with you, though, by asking why it was so important for you to embark on this journey in the first place. Oh, my. Um, what a good question. I mean, I, again, I think that um, we are always re-litigating um, and interrogating um, sort of our childhood issues. I really do believe that, and right? And we're just, um, and most of us never acknowledge that, but um, it's the bully in business who had issues when he was a kid, right? It's, um, you know, the way we show up as adults really do have their genesis um, in, you know, um, our, our earliest days. And I think for me, one of the reasons that has drawn me back to Echoing Green is um, I really did grow up um, sort of a, afraid of the world as a person of color, as a woman, as someone who was always in spaces where I didn't think I was smart enough or good enough and didn't deserve to be there. Um, and, you know, number one, being at Equine Green, where I am dazzled by these social entrepreneurs. I just, I aspire to, to be like them when I grow up. I want to learn from them every day um, and just to see their, you know, their chutzpah, their courage and their fearlessness, which is something that, you know, I think I've developed and gotten better at, but um, that was not core to who I was. And I was not as fearless as I would like to be. Um, I wasn't as intrepid as I would like to be, um, but I'm learning, um, I'm learning how to do it through my proximity to these incredible leaders. Um, and I also grew up in a world where um, people who were different, you know, people of color, low-income people, women, immigrants, others who were marginalized, and um, it just never seemed fair to me. So the fight for fairness and equity um, just was hardwired early on, um, and it just seems to me it's always the fight worth fighting. But um, those, those, the fights we fight and the the dysfunctional behaviors that we have all stem from you know er, lessons early on. Um, but you know, I think I've grown a lot and and have been very fortunate and privileged to become a better person through my proximity to folks in the Echo and Green community, and I'm grateful for that. Cheryl, what is your superpower? <laughs> so, you know, I would say, and I tell young people this, and I honestly, I, Devin, I don't even think I figured this out until I was in my 40s, but, you know, I would say um, I am a cultural translator. 
I have the ability to move easily and diffuse across different, different spaces and navigate those pretty seamlessly. So I'll often say, you know, I was a, an African-American kid who grew up in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. So every year celebrated Hanukkah as robustly as I did at Christmas with my Bubby and Zadie who lived next door to me growing up. I played in my high school orchestra and spent the days um, you know, playing Bach, Vivaldi, Beethoven, but couldn't wait to rush home and hear um, this newfangled music called rap that led to old school hip hop and felt equally comfortable with both traditions. Um, and, you know, remember my early days of starting my Echoing Green project and being in the hallowed halls of Harvard Medical School during the day, but walking across the subway tracks to some of the toughest neighborhoods in Boston and both felt like home to me. And it's the same kind of cultural translation work I do today, talking about justice um, and equity um, in corridors of power that are more um, likely to be talking about bonds and private equity and hedge funds and, and being okay in all of those spaces. So I think that's probably my superpower. That's tremendous. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. I could talk to you all day, but I know you've got to go have dinner with Rob. Uh, give him my best. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Echoing Green, how they can apply for, for a fellowship, and uh, how they can connect with you personally, perhaps on social media? Great. Devin, thank you so much. It was a real honor to speak with you. I know you have lots of folks in the world doing amazing stuff. And for you to take the time to speak with us here at Echoing Green means a lot. Um, Echoing Green's uh, fellowship program runs on an annual cycle. We will open up the call for applications for our 2019 class in the fall. So keep an eye out on the website, echoinggreen.org. Um, we'd love to have you. Um, check out our website as well. We have a very robust um, information sec session. We publish um, thoughts from our fellows, from our staff, and for entrepreneurs who are trying to make the world a better place. It is a, um, a worthwhile enterprise to spend a few moments looking at some of our resources. Um, we do have a pretty robust social media presence um, on Twitter, Instagram, check out our Facebook um, page. We also do Facebook Live events. Um, so just check out at Echoing Green. Fantastic. Well, Cheryl, again, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you every success in your efforts to make the world a better place. Thank you, Devin, it was an honor. All righty, let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devonthorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.